commence primary ignition. This is Star Wars. Look out! You may fire when ready. From the bright center of the galaxy, I'm Greg Scombat, and you're listening to Core World News, your all-net news show, the in-depth coverage and analysis of the latest stories from Ralph the Galaxy. Now for part two of our Reading Ralph Star special. So speaking of the artwork, I wanted to talk about the concept art for Claude, which is oh, really yeah. that's some of my favorite stuff in the art of books is watching the characters develop and change and all the different ideas the artists had for what Claude would look like. I still think I still think we ended up with maybe the best Claude, though I do like Claude number two. Claude 2 is pretty amazing, but I like what we got. It's a lot of melty, hulking creatures. Uh, mm-hmm. Some form, maybe arms, maybe not. But then they, they ultimately went with the, the Claude we got, which was just they just thought it was really sort of fun and, yeah. and childlike. Some of them were dark and gross and like they, they wanted to go into some really grisly details on a lot of these things and ultimately they're like nah you know what this is a kids movie let's just keep it you know? take it down uh, one or two notches basically yeah. i think was yeah, the decision nice yeah i just wanted more plot overall and i love the aesthetic they chose but um and they really nailed babu frick like looking at all the different iterations of babu yeah. frick in the art yeah. book i'm like i'm glad they chose that one because it was pretty good Babu Frick is the most perfect Star Wars character of all time. So yeah. I, I kind of agree. I just love him the more I see him. Even his written thing, I'm like, yay! I, I know. <laughs> no, they get more fired up than Babu Frick. I just, I, I love it. Yeah. So he started as an insect. There's yeah. like an insectoid, but yeah. they, they referred to the concept art as um, nine inch mechanic or something. Yeah. They're just like, it's going to be, we don't know what it's going to be, but it's going to be nine inches tall. Though. They, they always have the scale in mind. Yeah. But I feel like, I feel like Babu Frick, what they ended with is like the perfect combination of Star Wars grotesque and Star Wars cute. Like they somehow merged yeah. those two things in, in a way that's kind of perfect for the last film in the series. Oh, yeah, totally. the, the artist, um, the way he like wanted out was he put a helmet and like goggles on it. And they were like, that was what they were like, oh, all right, that was Star Wars. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. And I, just to mention a little more about that, um, there aren't too many broad concepts in the art of book because it's art, you know, it's, it's, I mean, they don't talk a lot. It's just pictures and, you know, you can sort of see it, but they did want it. They, the one thing that they talked about, um, was that it was, they wanted nothing. They wanted nothing to stand out. Like they just wanted to look like it was there. And then when you look in a room, it's not stylized. Like things don't match. Mm -hmm. It looks like a a room of objects all have different origins and come into me whatever you're looking and that's at what, that's what makes and yeah and phil Star, and that's what makes the star wars galaxy feel lived in right it's all those exactly. kind of disparate aesthetics that are all mashed together that it makes you feel like there's everything was created on different worlds and different places and there's this history and it, it feels it really it does work for star wars yeah and i feel like they do it great in the shows now i'm starting to like look at clone um, wars and like look for things like that and um it's it feels like more, things are more stylized in clone wars but um, and I bet things will be more stylized in High Republic because, um, you know, they're they're still probably pretty sovereign nations and sovereign worlds and systems. And yeah. stuff. There isn't a lot of crossover, but um, 
Yeah, pretty cool. Um, the next thing I have is the helmet reforging um, scene with Kylo mm. and the Simeong uh, creature. Yeah. Yeah. Is that is it okay Basically. if we jump ahead to that? Sure. Yeah, love that. Love that creature. So the creature's name is Albrecht, um, which is a cool name. And um and his his species is Simeon, which is funny because it's mm. an ape um yeah. in a helmet, and Simeon is like the name of, of like like the ape genus or something like that. I'm I'm not a you know biologist, clearly. Uh, but that that's sort of the funny thing. But a jutting jaw, pointed wide space ears, twitched with every sound or every breath of air. Uh, he was a Sith alchemist trained in classic metallurgy, capable of smithing feats unheard of in the modern galaxy. He stood before a heavy stone table awaiting the shards Rand had promised. But the thing that, like, I actually laughed out loud in my notes um, was, like, now to reforge the symbol of his leadership, um, which actually is a great line. That's It's, it's, it's more than just... Um, a helmet that he decides to go on. It's not his journey. It's a symbol of like, he needs the yeah. Knights of Ren and in order to control the Knights of Ren, like he needs his helmet back. And yeah. so that, that's actually a, that's a good storyline that we didn't really get. Uh, you know, you wouldn't get that from watching the movie. Um, and then to Ryan Ray, he dumped all the shards, all painstakingly scavenged from the wreckage of the supremacy onto the stone table. He wasn't mm -hmm. sure how the alchemist would pull it off. There were too many pieces. Some of them were beyond recognition. And I was just like, okay, Okay, so someone went back into whatever was left of that massive ship and found where he did it and gathered yep. literally all the shards that were like, I mean, there was hundreds of shards. He smashed that to oblivion. Yeah, I just, okay, cool. Hey, myth. This is a myth story, and so that's great. Sure. Sure. <laughs> then he Stick used heat blast. Yeah, yep. exactly. It is, uh, he used uh, Saracian iron to knit the, the whole thing back together again, um, which is... Uh, you know, very strong. It's the toughest ore in the galaxy, of course. Yeah. Everything's the biggest and the best. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I think in the art of it's funny because the Sith uh, metallurgist looks identical to what it looks like in the movie, except it's smoking a death stick. Yeah. Smoking <laughs> a death stick. Yeah. Just like, yeah. Yeah. My friends call it wrong. Just like a little dangler out his mouth. Like, I was mm -hmm, like, oh, mm -hmm. and they're like, no, we can't have him smoke. But like, because I guess it's an ape. And for real, and although there are smoking apes, they don't want to. I was gonna it. say they came with that. They came up with that idea from somewhere. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it it looked cool, and the artist rendering can't really make it to the uh, to the big screen. Sure. Um, I'm not sure. So, uh, and the, the next note after that I had, I think, was that um, will they they flash back to the uh, uh, the ship leadership center that i can't think of the real word the bridge of a ship and uh mm -hmm. general parnity pointed out um oh so they need to re uh, increase recruitments uh this is oh this is when they find out that the the fleet does live in in exegol and that's you know they have um they have the sith fleet at their disposal or could possibly um but general parnity pointed out to general engel that more than a hint of glee harvest more the galaxy's young engel nodded she's uh doubled recruitment already after the death of phasma had left a void in that area of responsibility. Um, so she's dead, which is actually, yeah. that was also a big thing. Cause I, I, I wondered, even though it looked like she fell to her death, they actually mentioned it twice. I think Flynn, Finn talks yeah. about um, watching Finn uh, Phasma die as well. I know I keep waiting for her to, I kept waiting for her to pop up though. I'm like, how do you do that? How do you have a rule of three? How do you break the rule of three? But whatever. Yeah. Um, 
I do like, and we'll talk about when we get there a little later, but I do like the the more extended look we get at the Sith Eternal. Like we, I think we have yeah. a better understanding of them, but we'll get there. Okay. Uh, yeah, Dark my Science. next note is um, uh, chapter five. All right. Um, it, just, it just talks about oh, you get um, obviously Lando is in the Treadable. We get the name for the tank called the Treadable. Yes, the Treadable. Um, thought that yep. was cool. Um, we also the, the the Vexus and the snake scene is just so much better described in the book. And there's a beautiful line from Ray where she says, you know, before she heals the snake, she says, you know, when something is trying to hurt you, it means that something bigger hurt it. And I thought that was such a beautiful yeah. line. Yeah. I thought if that was beautiful in the film, line. it could have been really, really fun. Yeah. Yeah. She was a Ray was able to sneak this like flourish in there. Just uh, goes to show more heads are better than fewer always. And it's like, you know, it'd yeah. be interesting to see if Ray was in there. It's so, a uh, Ray Sloan. The only, only, only other Star Wars book she worked on was the most wanted, which took mm-hmm. me about six months to read for whatever reason. But um, it was uh, at a young adult, I think, was more the style most wanted i think yeah and that was the uh, han and kira on uh, um adventure on, uh, yeah yeah that was fun that was a fun one yeah it was a fun book it was really i, I ended up really loving that book and i thought mm-hmm. it was a, a really good backstory to both of those characters so the, but that just for a little background on on race yeah. loneliness and we also have the fact that when she healed the vexus like it says right here um Healing the Vexus had exhausted her, but it also opened her up new avenues of the Force to her. Something about both giving and taking about a more perfect oneness than she's she'd understood before. And again, I thought that was yeah. really neat. This idea that she kind of some avenue of the Force was was better understood to her after that. Yeah, that was super interesting. They, um, I, I just yeah, it, it it really opened a lot of avenues, and, and it did play again later because it was like giving and taking, like. She gives mm-hmm. her force. Ben gives his force to, you know, she gives her force to Ben. Ben gives her force back to her. Um, uh, Palpatine takes their force. Like there's a lot of force sharing, but um, yeah. And even the, the, all the force ghosts give their force to Ray to finally, you know, do the thing. So um, that, that was a cool um, factoid to, to be established. Yeah. Totally. Um, the other, the other thing, going back to the Treadable, um, there was a line in there, and he's talking about his daughter being stolen away by the First Order um, to mm-hmm. become a stormtrooper. Yep. He said, they turned our kids into our em- enemies. Uh, Lando yeah. said in a defeated voice, my girl, Han and Leia's son, Ben, to kill the spirit of the rebellion for good. But it, like just that one line, they turned our kids into our enemies, is like, yeah. you know, like oh, like that's it's a really... It's a, I, I don't know, it, it hit a lot harder than just knowing, like, they try and mention it in movies, but I, I feel like it doesn't hit as much. No, as it's, line. it's how devious it is. It comes through, and I think yeah. it comes back around towards the end of the book because he thinks about it again, about they turned Han and Leia's kid against them, and they took our all of our kids and turned them into stormtroopers. Like, that's devastating. Like, that line, it hit me, too, because that's like, that's like basically like thinking about the Nazis stealing another generation of kids and turning them into Nazis, right? Like it's just yeah, horrific. Yeah. 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 I mean, and I mean, it would have added a little more gravitas to the first order and what's mm-hmm. going on. And then it ultimately, again, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but, um, but Lando makes it his mission to sort of heal that, that yeah. evil that happened. We also get, when we're on Pasana, we get our first hint of, of Finn being force sensitive. Yes. Um, we get this moment of, um, 
the, so it says this, the strangest thing happened in yearning to help her and reaching for her. He sensed something, a danger, a presence. It's Ren. He whispered, probably just a bad feeling, right? Like he's starting to, yeah. like he, yeah. Well, and so we, yeah, <laughs> I, I think it's, so this is the interesting thing because yeah. we know right around now is when he said the famous line where he says to Ray, as they're sinking in the sand pit, he's like, Ray, I, I never told you. And yeah. then they go through the thing. And so it doesn't make sense for him to not know he's force sensitive and that, uh, you know, while he's saying that line. Right. Because he they should do, know. They do hit that at the end of the movie, though, exactly what he was going to say at the end of the book. Exactly. Yes. What he was so they, they say. do confirm it at the end of the book. But what I'm trying to say is that, um, Ray Carson. I've been calling her Ray Sloan a couple times, which is actually a character. Oh, that's the character of Star Wars. I didn't even think about it because it's, it's <laughs> a Star Wars character. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ray Carson. Um, I, I, she's playing Koi in the same way that uh, JJ was playing Koi um, in, well, in the novelization. So, my reading of it now, which is slightly different than my head canon before, is that Finn wasn't going to tell her that he is force sensitive. Because I don't think he knew it until the very end. I think he was still figuring it out through this entire film. I think he felt a really strong connection to Ray. And that's what I think he was going to tell her. I think he might have actually said, Ray, I love you, because I don't think he understood what the feeling was that his connection with Ray. Uh -huh. So that's more of my thing is that he might have actually said, been trying to say her, I love you. But in reality, what he figured out through the rest of this film is that it's not a love, it's a connection to the force that he was feeling, possibly. Right. Like yeah, that's like right. She's very like love, not they have that three-way hug, and they all talk about yeah. Finn's connection, and and Ray talks mm -hmm. about it being something more than just you know a regular connection. Yeah. It's a it's a connection through friendship and bond, and and it's definitely having to do with the Force, and you feel yeah. that at the very end of the book. Spoiler alert: We get there at the end of the novel. Yeah. So, um, I I think I'm ready to drop my three PO thing. All right. So, by the way, not earth shattering, but I think it's interesting. It adds some perspective. So later on, um, Ray mentions talking about 3PO that Leia's father, Anakin, had built 3PO when he was a little yes. boy. So yes. this means post 3PO mind wipe, not mind wipe or whatever <laughs> erasure, right, that we see at the end of episode three. Someone in the Star Wars universe learns that 3PO is the offspring or is, it was made by Anakin Skywalker, who's then turned to Darth Vader. And in my head canon now, someone must have told 3PO at some point that he was made by Anakin. And in the in the sequel trilogy, he has at least once said, thank the maker. So there is a moment. He's literally he is, thanking Anakin. He has thanked Darth Vader <laughs> for making him. I don't know. They keep him in the dark. I think it's plausible to think that that they never told him. If you want to draw it's a line, we know the people plausible, that... but less fun. We yeah. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. No, I won't yeah, be yeah. a gatekeeper. No, no, um, no, no. You're not being gatekeeper at all. It's absolutely. We don't know because they never talk. We don't know how this happens. But in my right. mind, <laughs> yeah, that you're like in your head canon. Yeah, that that he's like mm -hmm. literally thanking Anakin, which it could be because. I, doesn't he refer to Anakin as the maker in Phantom Menace? Yes. Yeah. I, he I, at some point knows, but I, but by the time his mind is wiped, he he would learn that Anakin is Darth Vader in Episode Six, but he wouldn't know who Anakin was, or Anakin was the maker. Right. So he could never put this together until Luke found out that Anakin right. had done that. Right, which leads to the greatest piece of fan art that's ever been done in Star Wars, which is like on uh, Bespin, 
uh, Darth Vader like sees the broken C-3PO and he like has that like um, that Shakespearean moment with like his head against uh, uh, C-3PO's head, which is a pretty cool, pretty cool scene uh, forehead to forehead. But um, yeah, I mean, if we wanted to draw a line, Obi-Wan was there. So Obi-Wan knows. And then Bail Organa um, was the one who wiped uh, C-3PO's mind. And we know Bail and Obi-Wan were close. So it was probably Obi-Wan told Bail who toward, told Leah, Leia. Um, and that's how she knew, I would guess. Yeah. It also doesn't make a lot of totally. sense that Anakin yep. would build C-3PO in the first place. Like, it's not a very useful droid on Tatooine. It's like a protocol droid. So there are already, like, logic flaws with even... It was, like, a, it was a nerd, C-3PO. It was a nerd so, like, thing. If we really nitpick, like, C-3PO, it's like, I don't... There are he was, issues, like, what, a nine-year-old like, boy? I, I, I was just like... <laughs> just, that's cool. Just be like, oh, why would a nine-year-old boy do something cool? That's fine. In my mind, I was like, I, I don't... I don't have the energy to start picking apart episode one. Are we really going to do this? We're talking about episode nine. Are we just, this is going to be a 17 hour podcast. Or we just it go might. bit by it bit. Might. It might. I'm not stopping it. I'm not slowing down. Um, all right. So we're on, uh, we're on Pisana. A lot of stuff happened on Pisana. Um, the name of the ship that uh, stole her parents away is the best legacy. Yes. And we know that um, the character that stole her away was uh, from Bestoon. So yep. another massive story there, which is pretty cool. Um, there was also so the scene where there's a tug of war on that transport ship between uh, Kylo and Ray. There was mm-hmm. one line that said she would not let them take Chewie from her. And so she's going dark side clearly here, which is again yeah. illustrated so much more clearly in the you know written version than um than on screen um but uh that's such an anakin thing to say you know like yeah you you can't take them from me i will not let you die you know that sort of thing and then ultimately you know she makes the fatal mistake um of being awesome yeah Um, and in that line literally yeah like you said chewy was hers right like that's a very very anakin very like you know connection right or or what is it um attachment yeah. attachment thank you that was the word i was looking for it's it's poetry dude it rhymes <laughs> um, yeah i mean i'm just i'm just excited about getting to this scene about interrogation room six and oof, chewy being yeah. held inside uh oh. kylo's uh flagship and that that scene between kylo and chewy and it, what what a tragedy we don't have that scene in the film. Like, wow. I so wish that scene was left in The Rise of Skywalker. There is such beautiful character growth, character development in that moment and, and just exploration of, of Kylo's youth and a really beautiful kind of uh, inversion on the mind trick or the mind probe where it's like, you know, most of the time people are probing someone's mind to get information uh, when Kylo looks into Chewie's mind, all he sees is the joy Oof. and the moments of the. Pa- I, it was just oh, it just broke like that broke me when he went into yeah. Chewie's mind. Saw those I, moments between Han and can Chewie. Can I read the? Uh, can I read the paragraph real quick? I have Go it right. It. Go here. for it. Um, and so Kylo is saying like he thought he would like enjoy this, but he goes instead it was exhausting. He saw flashes of the Wookiee laughing with a much younger Han Solo than he himself remembered felt Chewbacca's joy when his best friend married the woman he'd come to love like a sister, 
saw the Wookiee cuddling a human toddler, teaching an older boy to fly a speeder, target practice with a young man, their blasters set on stun against a haphazard dummy made of rocks. Uncle Chewie, he'd called him back then. I mean, like, oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just yeah. like tugs on the, the the heartstrings. It's so he just yeah. got. He was like, by the way, this is one of your best friends. It's like you're now torturing the family dog, is what you're doing. Yeah, and we get a nice callback later in the or later on with this as well. With uh, when Lando, yeah, with Lando on the on the Falcon, which is in my other favorite scene, but we'll talk about that later. Okay, we'll talk about that That's later. Right. Yeah, um, yeah, and just some just some beautiful kind of character exploration with Chewie, especially when. Kylo's like, uh, you know, he's like, he's like, can you feel it? That burning, it makes you feel alive. It gives you power and like taunting him to attack him. And I was mm-hmm. like, and Chewie just yeah. gives out this low, this low growl, this low timbered growl. And I was just like, oh, this is, this is different Chewie. Like we, we don't, I want to see more range from Chewie in this scene. Right. Would have been a great way to do that. Yeah. I think, yeah. um, I, I mean, he, he, uh, allows him to try and kill him like he sets him free and he's like he's like go ahead kill me but the the line that i'm going to paraphrase was that like um chewbacca has never been a fool mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we did attack him it's like yeah like i could kill you but that would be killing myself and it's just like that's i'm not about that right now and uh, yeah yeah i don't know it's it was a gut-wrenching scene and like chewy's like he's scared but like as an adult for like watching their child or, you know, their, you know, nephew really, um, you know, go down the wrong path. Like, what have you become? Like we were so close. I love you. You know, you're family to me. And like, and this is, you know, this is what you're doing. It, it, it was a super powerful scene. I mean, it Chewbacca was. like can, can just be so powerful in so many subtle ways. And, um, yeah, it's a bummer. We didn't get this. I, I wonder if anything was shot for it. Um, I heard rumors there was that it was maybe it let's pray it's in the four hour cut. I have a feeling everything we read in this book was was shot or at least versions of it were shot. I have a feeling they edited quite a bit down. Who knows? Christmas is coming um, and Kwanzaa and um, all the other uh, holidays. So let's let's hope maybe we get it. We got a lot of people that have a lot of time in a lot of rooms to do things right now. We're all looking for a gift. We're all looking yeah. for something. So I'm begging, I'm pleading, and I don't normally do this, but hey, you know what? We could all use a four-hour cut of this movie. Four-hour cut of this movie. Thanks for stopping by. So yeah. Yeah. when you say when you say you think everything is shot, uh, was shot, that it's featured in this novel, it's like, do you think the whole, like, Zori Bliss is getting off of Kajimi was shot? The yeah. whole, like, Jeroban Jer- oh, really and Luda Ooh. and these other characters that we never get a glimpse of in the film. Yeah. And Just, like, like think, get, about, we get a think glimpse, about... But, yeah. No, but think about oh. Cammy and Fixer and Tank, right? right? right. Like, yeah, there's yeah. so many subplots in so many Star Wars films that were cut out for time, yeah. right? I have a feeling all that. That, to me, feels like it's definitely shot because I don't know why, as a novelist... <laughs> you would add that stuff in <laughs> like as much as I say, I want all of this back in. I don't need that stuff back in, but Hey, it'd be fun. Like I that know. part. I, I really, cool. I really think we're only going to get this in novelization. And they, even there's like yeah. a subtitle on, on this novelization that's needless, but it's called the expanded edition. Yeah. And it's just like, it is the novel. There's no non expanded uh, edition of this novelization. It's the only, you know, but they're like, Hey, if you want all that stuff, nerds, here you go. Yeah. So Which, here we are. Yeah, here we are. Um, my next note was kind of about Leia 
deciding her destiny and who to pass on certain traits to. Yes. Did you guys oh pick up gosh. on that? I do. Oh my I gosh. I yes, I did. I have something before that, not to be yeah. a... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I have stuff before that, too, but I just kind of skipped ahead. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, go, I want to talk it. about one thing, because I do want to talk about that quite a bit, because that's amazing. But there's a moment <laughs> that's played for laughs in the movie that's actually darker in the novel, and that's when um, Poe... That's when Leia does... Or not Leia, sorry. That's when Ray does the mind trick on the two stormtroopers. That's yes. right. And... There's a joke where Finn goes, does she do that to or Poe says, does she do that to us? And the internal monologue of Finn is, of course not. She never, no wait, she definitely would to protect them, to keep one of them from following her into the desert and getting run down by Kylo Ren's TIE fighter. So there's a moment in the film where she does a basic mind trick on Finn that we never really noticed before. And I just had a little quote, little, little note next to that that said, dark side question mark? Like, is that good? I mean, you're well, doing... Yeah, thoughts. she was very she was very dark side at that moment. I mean, mm -hmm. she she sort of it's a it's a slippery slope into the dark side. You know, it's, yeah, this is why there's no gray Jedi. It's like yeah. you're either choose to be good or you choose to be bad or you're sliding towards the bad. Yeah. And um, she was definitely sliding towards the bad. And she says she's like, I'm just going to give him a gentle push, a gentle nudge with the force mm -hmm. to, to help convince him. And it's like you just mind yeah. tricked your friend. That's yeah, you could justify really it all cool. you want, but you just and, did that. And that's the ongoing pattern is the film is to have those uh, the, the light side and dark side moments for Ray just a butt just be rubbed right up next to each other because you even have moments later on in the film where, uh, you know, Ray confronts mere dark Ray and uh, mm -hmm. just after that, you know, fights Kyla, uh, you know, confronts her mirror self her dark self and says, you know, I'll never I'll never be like that. Or at least you, you feel like she's posing that trying to evade that route in life especially when she talks about the double bladed lightsaber and having been on her own way to actually construct double bladed lightsaber and like yep. the dark yeah. ray is wielding it already and it's as if like that is the ray from the the future the the, the path that she's chosen already and she's very scared of going down that road but then it, it comes to the fight with kylo and then she heals kylo and it's kind of like putting those you know it's like she doesn't want to go down that path but she's going to uh she's going to do the the opposite every single time to try to escape it and that seems to be the pattern throughout the film is like hey here's the dark version of me and here's the light version of me you know counteracting that dark behavior and that seems to be like just a pattern throughout the film yeah right totally i, I want to bring it back to the chewy scene just for a second because it actually does connect provide some connective tissue to something that we didn't really understand right and we said like why why couldn't ray sense chewy being alive when he was taken away on a separate transport, but then is able to sense Chewie when over when he's over Jimmy. And the answer is right. that Kylo tortured Chewie and it was still weighing on his mind. And she has the mind connection to Kylo. And that's right. how she knows Kylo's alive. She guesses, you know, because in his mind, he never killed Chewie. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. so, but had an interaction with him. So she's like, he lives, yeah. you know, lives, he's being tortured. We need to go get him. And that's that, right makes so much more sense and what yeah. it provides you know some great some great stuff there all right but i interrupted finn uh, finn uh, <laughs> i interrupted yeah. grant what i let's talk oh. about leia yeah oh god huge. yeah uh this was huge it was kind of one of my biggest takeaways from the book yeah, uh leia is kind of deciding her legacy before the very end where she drifts off you know I'm sure she is going to sacrifice herself for her son and she thinks about what she's passing on to who and she says she's passing on you know her skywalker heritage to ray her organa heritage to poe 
and she wants to leave the legacy of Solo with Ben yeah. and, 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 and convert so him. Yeah, yeah, and, and it was so really beautiful. Yeah. Because, I mean, so they, they preface it where she goes, where she yeah. names herself. She, she was Leia Skywalker Organa Solo, which is, that's technically her name. I mean, yeah. she was, she was born Leia Organa, but she's really yeah. Leia Skywalker. So Leia right. Skywalker Organa, and then she married Solo. And so those are all her names. And so she's giving away all her surnames to this cadre of people she's brought. Tell me, her. tell me that didn't destroy you guys. Oh, that, oh that yeah. That passage. was, oh. yeah. As impactful as the film, I would say, like as visceral, like I really that reading that passage, I was like, oh, my oh, my goodness, this is a lot to take well, in. Let's take it block by block here. So uh, she she wanted Skywalker to go to Ray, which is kind of interesting because I guess so she's raised force sensitive and the Skywalker nature is like, you know, you need to be the hero. Right. That's the hero yep. legacy. Yeah. And then uh, she wanted to give Organa to Poe, which is like. Could be the coolest, like more, you know, like subtext ever. Like Organa was a brilliant statesman, craftsman, yep. leader, leader of the rebellion, yeah. um, you know, s- willing to sacrifice himself, you know, just like all of her leadership to Poe. And that was great. Um, and then uh, so but Solo to her son was like, I don't, Solo is a hero, too. Right. That's what they say in Solo. Right. They're just like, you're like, you're no, you're a good guy. Just like you're the good, good guy. guy. You yeah, are the yeah. good guy. Yeah. It doesn't matter what you choose, like what your path yep. is, but you're a good guy. You know, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. Chaotic, chaotic good is still good, right? At the end. Yeah, right. exactly. Chaotic yeah. good. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the last line we get of 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 basically Leia drifting off is um and finally a surge of welcome from Luke, who is not alone. Dot dot dot. Oh man, I know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> And they never Waterworks. answer this. Waterworks, guys. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's just so she's all trying the Jedi. To get, yeah, she's trying. Right, it's all the Jedi. Right, she's trying to get um, Leia, uh, Ray to speak with all the. You are all the Jedi. They're all out there, you know. Yeah. And but and so Leia already has that connection. But still, I'm like, who is it though? <laughs> like, is it Qui Gon? Is it Yoda? Is it like who's there? Like, I don't know. Yeah. I wanted. Yeah. I wanted her to I sort of. I wanted that to land a little bit, but they just sort of let it be that way. Yeah. I just find right. it kind of strange that uh, when Kajimi blows up, Poe doesn't have it doesn't have doesn't feel more as impacted as I thought he would feel because Zori. He, yeah, I mean, he, I'm, he must suspect that Zori was there when it blew up, and I feel like that's the kind of thing that you would crumple up into a ball, especially if it's someone who was you were quite close to, and and the person was asking you to run away with them, and all this kind of stuff. I just, I feel like that that relationship could have been built out a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, I I feel that. I get it. Um, my next note is chapter fourteen. Fourteen. Captain Sa- Sabron. That's where <laughs> yeah, I was going to go to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What I'm an in, interesting uh, little subplot they, they put yeah, in here. Yeah. Super cool. So, Grant, who is Captain Sabron? Captain Sabron is, I believe, that off that admiral we see in the film. I believe the character is in the film. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. and um, she's the ruthless admiral of that final order Star Destroyer who has, she has done everything right to a, a yes. T for the emperor and she has proven herself and she is the first to go out and destroy a world like, and she's kind of just 
utterly fascist and it's yeah. it's quite interesting to see someone who so you know closely follows the 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 doctrine of the emperor emperor yeah. you know in at this state where you think like hux and pride are following it to a t but it's really this character of captain sabron that is fully indoctrinated that's fully kind of a uh, uh, yeah. a devout devout servant of the emperor yeah and, i mean she's very she has many aspirations right she thinks she's front of the curve she's like no they, they chose me for this mission because i'm the elite i'm the, the best of the yeah. best they know you know and it's great it's good good self-care good self-talk just being like i'm the best <laughs> there's nothing i can't achieve you know i'm gonna apply myself like, hey good for good for captain sabron and they gave her like a one line really interesting really interesting introduction which is she had been raised on exegol below ground yeah <laughs> full stop like full first stop. of all yeah. what is it like growing up on exegol <laughs> and right. secondly Pretty nurturing, i bet I bet. And below ground is one word. If you read it in there, there's no space. That is a is an interesting proper noun. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, w- I would probably prefer below ground to above ground, seeing that it's like a never ending lightning storm on that it's planet. True. Yeah. Um, but still sounded pretty meager. Um, and then means. they go into a good description of the final order. Final order officers, many raised on Exegol like her, others from various planets in the unknown regions. Several children of the Empire following their parents' footsteps. Many had been conscripted by the First Order as children. Um, one goal, the return of the Sith. And I just think that's such a great, just just a couple of lines. Of like, yeah. I, we get them. I totally understand the final order now. Yeah. yeah. I want to see more. Young. Any of you guys want to yeah. see more Exegol? Like some backstory? Like, oh. Well, yeah, I mean, it may, may have looked very different in the past, too. So that'd be fun to explore for sure. True. Yeah. Um, great to see some more of that. Even even when uh, Chewie breaks down uh, after Leia's death, like it got me in the book. Like it was again, like just that moment uh, really really hits every time. Even in the book, in the film. Um, uh, what else do we have here? I'm on. I think my next note is chapter. Did we just kind of skip oh. over Kajimi? We did sort of. We did. We, we did kind of. Well, I mean, we we mentioned the, the the interesting part was they had a whole escape scene. Oh, yeah. With, uh, Sorry, yeah, Luda, Luda and, that, and that was and, and yeah, yeah, that whole. That's thing. all I had. I mean, it's, it was fun read, but it doesn't really yeah. do much more. Right. So, but so um, there was one there was one line that I really liked, and it was just mm-hmm. Ray Carson. I think just having some fun. Uh, so obviously, we have lobotomized C three PO, and he's back on Agent Claus. Um, and he's, he's meeting R2-D2 for the first time for the millionth time. Um, and, uh, but he, he says something, <laughs> a, a little quip. He says, there's nothing worse than an astromech with delusions of grandeur. Yeah. Uh, yeah. About R2. And I was like, oh, that's a nice little, that's a nice little tie in. Is that yeah. the sound of a cat hitting a microphone? I think it, I think it Possibly. Is. <laughs> or hitting empty beer cans. I'm not sure it's one or the other. It's, All of those things. Bad kitty. It's a, it, it's allotted. Lo, lo, loth cat, loth cats are allowed. allowed yeah. Loth cat all over yeah. the microphone. Um, mm-hmm. I got yeah. my oh. next, I mean, my next important note, I think would have to be, uh, the whole, uh, Ray and Luke, uh, reuniting on, to yeah i have one note in the whole thing it has nothing to do with luke but go ahead <laughs> uh no i just just i think well yeah because luke says leia was stronger than than yeah. all of us 
yeah. that's my dialogue. That's my note too. <laughs> yeah, and uh, that just makes me want the Infinity's like comic of Leia either turning to the dark side or being an all-powerful Jedi of some sort. <laughs> like, yeah, if, if Yoda cool. had gotten his way, right, and right. trained no, Leia from the start. Well, I guess we do get that in one of the Infinity's comics, but we don't get. I would love that you know Vader actually acts on going to to turn luke's sister and like that whole that that would be a fun yeah. infinity comic well because it's interesting because they do mention it towards the end ray is like reflecting and she's like leia was never tempted she's like how did she right. do that she was never yeah. tempted by the dark side like how is she so strong yes and it's just sort of funny and like i don't know he was just like you know uh ray mentions to luke there like oh, i thought i i wanted to show leia i was as strong as she was and luke was like no one was as strong as she was yeah I mean, he could just be speaking reverently about Carrie Fisher, about his sister. You know, it, it, it could be a lot of things, but or quite literally, no one was strong. Like the more I think about this and talk about it with you all um, and the listeners, like it was really like it. I don't know whatever the opposite of a dyad was, but the two sides of the same coin really were the Emperor and Princess Leia. Yeah, uh, yeah, totally, totally. And if you want to really ex- compare Luke and Leia, I think you got to think about the Wampa Cave, and you got to think about the Last Jedi, wherein you know Luke is just reaching for a lightsaber, but she is out in space, like pulling herself right. back into mm-hmm. a, a, a starship. Like that is, I think she uh, basically completes the greater feat in, in if you yeah. compare those two kind of force pull events. Right. And, yeah. I mean. And there's a but moment, this movie like, validates that. Like, I mean, obviously yeah. that that scene took a lot of criticism in the Last Jedi by people that don't matter, but um, at, <laughs> meaning us, I guess. And I don't know, uh. like fans, you know, like people that 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 don't have vesting interest in there. But but um, but now it's completely validated by Rise of Skywalker. It's like, no, nah, you just don't yeah. know how strong she is. She's yeah. very. And there's a line, like you said, that says like maybe of all of them, Leia had been unturnable. But then the line after that, which to me is fascinating, is. Finn would be like that, she realized with a joy. Yes! If he could touch the force, he was special that way. Like, oh, I just so, so want Finn's story mm-hmm. now. That's I really want to give you a Finn story right there. Yeah. I so I so wanted Finn to actualize and be this sort of Jedi by the end. Like I think there was there was room in this storyline to have like multiple people rise up as companions to Ray that would find these Jedi talents by the end of the, the three film trilogy. Like I think there was room for that. But I, I think the they didn't want to overshadow, I guess, the the dyad. Maybe Leia had Luke's green lightsaber and just was like, "Hey, Finn, why don't you just hold on to this?" And like, yeah. uses it on the uh, on the 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 guys. Desk, the I always thought it would be the most poetic for Finn to to end the Emperor because of the you know he was the stormtrooper. He was this mm-hmm. absolute grunt from the beginning. That is basically right. the bottom line, uh, the you know, below the line character in the sort of first order that becomes the final order. And it's like, if you had him destroy the emperor, it would have been very cathartic for that, that stormtrooper yeah. type character that we got. I could see that. Very cool. The next note I have is a little ways away, but it's Lando doing his tour of the Falcon. Oh yeah. Uh, that was, great. which yeah, I, that this might be of all the scenes that were cut. This one is the most confusing to me that wasn't in the film because again, it's the rule. It's the, the rule, rule of three, three. Right? right? Like 
we get we, we get Han coming back to the to the Falcon in seven. We get Luke's little moment with the Falcon in eight. And it would make total sense to get Lando's moment right. in episode nine. I'm like, of all the things, how is this cut? Right. That's the I mean, that's the, I would have you just instant tears just like watching yeah. him look around. And he's looking at like he goes back and he checks out his old cape closet. Yeah. And then, of Which course, now, oh, and then he shoots. Yeah. yeah. And he, and he yep. pokes Chewie's like only possession, which is just like a, a hollow of him and Ben Solo, like cradling yeah. him, ben Solo, which is like that in and of itself. Like, geez, like waterworks. Come on. I yeah, I was very touched by that. But that whole scene, I was like, are we going to get a lumpy and Mala reference? <laughs> I was waiting for it to make it officially yeah. canon. I was so close. Uh, but instead, it was Ben, dark-haired, chubby-fisted. He kicked his legs and yanked on Chewie's fur, shrieking into light. Chewbacca just cuddled him close, making a sound that was almost like a purr. And that, like, that was the that was what was yeah, on the thing. It's, a, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That would have been pretty good. Um, I have a note right after that. Um, Poe's X-wing was almost ready, so they were getting ready to take off for Exegol. Um, mm-hmm. And he watches a crane lifted R2D2 into the ship's astromech compartment, and. Uh, I guess I knew R2-D2 was in there, but like, that's right. a big thing. I never thought about it until the in the book, but I'm guessing, yeah, he's there. It's just so weird. I never thought about it either. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, that's a really cool super tandem um, that, that I, I don't know, could have used maybe a little more light. Um, yeah. Or I would have, I would have liked that. Um, so now we're, we're really in the end game. Somehow we sort of yeah. jaunted through the middle of the movie there. Well, it's pretty close to the movie. Like, the, I feel like the middle section of the book and the movie match up pretty closely. It's kind yeah. of the moving the, the set pieces around. Are shot yeah. Shot. yeah, we're getting to the real juicy bit here, where uh-huh. we get we get uh, the Emperor's uh, perspective on his death, his initial yeah. death, in Jedi, um, which was absolutely fascinating. Um, I think we get more on the cloning process in these later chapters as well right like i think the, i think so yeah. i think i have a note uh, for yeah, that i definitely do i mean i yeah i don't know go i have it. one about ben solo and like this was the big question i had in our last podcast podcast where i was like he had like how did ben solo get to exegol i, I have it i have it underlined too yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah you know so it, it uh the quote is it had taken ben solo too long to climb through the ruins of the death star in search of a hangar bay even longer to find an old scout class tie. So the fact that it's scout class is uh, means it has a hyperdrive. That's I think yep. that's what we're supposed to read there, because I was just like, well, how, did he have to put I, I thought like he had to rig a hyperdrive on the thing. But um, he found a scout, scout class tie and coaxed it into flying for him. Um, he'd fo- then follow Ray's transmitted tracking markers towards Exegol. So somehow he was able to tune back into his old, you know, tri- wayfinder somehow. Um, and the scouts barely functioning Navi computers are taking a wrong turn. So he got lost in the, in the <laughs> yeah. blood net, in the blood net. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, he, he's found himself grinding through unknown rough space and taking all his concentration to correct his course and get back on track, which is a very Han Solo thing to have happen. Totally. Um, yeah. Sorry. That yeah, was my, my one. My... Yeah, no, my next note is just about Palpatine being, tra- you know, uh, talking about falling down the shaft, preparing yes. for his inevitable demise because of the flickering light that he saw in Vader. Uh, and then when he did die and he did go through this kind of the dark transfer, as they talk about in the Book of the Sith, 
it's like he he ends up being trapped in these these broken dying forms and he wonders to himself you know was Plagueis did Plagueis have the last laugh yeah and, that's how it was. <laughs> yeah. and was he really keeping that secret of eternal life to himself and I think that was really interesting like fun to get that little Plagueis drop yeah yeah and it's it's I, again showing Plagueis's vol- I mean um Sidious's vulnerabilities yeah it's funny how much pl- how much play Plagueis gets in this novel like his name gets a drop a few times i have another note um which is something i was wondering about after my first or after our first or second viewing of the film but um you know there's a moment where where palpatine says to ray very clearly um it, as he does in the movie um kill me and my spirit will pass into you right like that's a line from the movie and in the book and i had to double check the timing on this so that's said and then several pages later he says to ray um, I've made this very proposal before, but on or, that unfortunate day, Luke Skywalker had his father to save him. You do not. So his plan, if I'm yeah. reading this correctly, was to pass his spirit into Luke. Yeah. And have yeah. And be like Sidious Luke rule the galaxy and have Vader continue to be his henchman. Yeah. Which is, which is again, how, yeah, it, we speculated that was the case. Yeah, that's what I thought. That was my head, quote unquote, head cannon. But it's so nice to see that to be like, oh, that is that was actually a planet. It does do a nice job of drawing six and nine together. Yeah. Moving on. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, that was yeah. that yeah. was fantastic. There's also a bit within there. So um, what granted mentioned, like how they're kind of these clowns that like, you know, per- perhaps Plagueis having the last laugh. It's like right after that. Um, it said the, the heretics, the heretics would do anything, mm-hmm. risk anything, sacrifice anything to create a cradle for their God consciousness. Nothing worked, but their efforts were not entirely in vain. One genetic strand cast lived. And I grant, yeah. I know you've been talking about strand cast. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, and this was, this was of course Ray's father and this was the, uh, a strand class clone thrived, but it was useless, a powerless yeah. failure, like powerless uh, failure. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Palpatine uh, could not even bear to look upon such disappointing ordinariness. Right. <laughs> the old boy's yeah. only worth would be lay in continuing the bloodline through more natural methods. And it was through that eventual union, unexpected as it was, that Ray was born, the perfect vessel, strong enough to contain all the power of the Sith, his granddaughter. Yeah. No, it's yeah. it's yeah. It's nice to have that that little, you know, clarifying. We we'd already talked, I think, a few episodes ago about this revelation that that Palpatine's son was actually a, a clone of his. Yeah. But it is, it is nice. I like this exposition. It's nice mm-hmm. to have this. Yeah, because I, I never really could have ever <laughs> fathomed the idea that Palpatine would have any sort of like romantic <laughs> relationship with anyone. He like this he is a bear, two he, is a, he is he is a party of one when he goes out to eat. You know what I mean? Like, I, he's I, the, <laughs> I'm going to out Grant for a second here, but I still remember after our second viewing of the film, all of us. <laughs> walking out together and Greg like, wait, wait, wait. So Palpatine blanks. <laughs> yeah. I, I was Palpatine to F's. say I was mortified yeah. would be an understatement. I was <laughs> only your it, mind went there, Grant. I, know. I was yeah. distraught walking out of that film. That was like the hanging that was like the lingering question when you walked out of that film was like, wait, what? Like how did that happen? And then for the book to explain it, it was like, yeah. oh that that makes sense. Like that goes with this character in my opinion. Fair enough. I will cede that one. Um, we also get a line that um, 
that the Knights of Ren was, was never really Kylo's. See, they're always agents of Palpatine. Right. Right. Yes. So the Knights of Ren had never been his. They had belonged to the Emperor all along. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes sense, makes right? Sense. With all the scheming. Yeah, like in Snoke was like, uh, you know, Snoke was the one that pointed him towards Ren or like introduced them or made their, you know, paths cross. And that that's a very sidious um, plot to just be like, no, nah, just just let him know it's out there. Like there's that path yeah. and there's that group and, you know, you could rule them and that could be your launch point. Yeah, I just don't think Sidious ab- abides by any Sith rules like the rule of two. Like, I think he has always been the rule of one and he'll do whatever he needs to do to survive and, and achieve his yeah. own selfish desires. And if that means establishing some sort of group of knights to go do his bidding, like he will do that. Yeah. I mean, they even, they even talked about him trying to Palpatine, trying to create a dyad with Anakin. That's yeah. right. Right. Yeah. So it's less about rule two. And more his about own just dead dyad. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's, uh, let's talk a bit about the scene where all of the uh, starfighters swoop in and what we get in the book that we didn't get in the movie is everyone kind of saying their call signs or reporting in. And uh, this is pretty amazing and would have made me cry in the theater. But I think I kind of get why they cut it, but we'll talk about why that might be in a second. But uh, it made me cry reading the book. This was like what teed it off for some reason, like all the other scenes that hit me hard in the movie, like they didn't really affect me as much. I mean, even, you know, Ben solo with Han Solo, I was like, okay, like I've seen it. I see it in my head. Exactly. This was new. And it uh, this this fight was very powerful to me in the novelization. It it really uh, tears in my eyes. And and it started with this section. Yeah. So a lot of name checks here, like lore drops abound on this as they start calling in. So uh, who would you uh, see there that was standing out? I mean, we Uh, we see we get get Phantom Squadron, which I think is like the first real throwback. Uh, uh, squadron call sign, which is like Phantom Squadron's been around for a while. Like that's Wedge's old squadron from. Yeah, it's the new canon version of Rogue Squadron, basically. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, glad so that's that, there. That is most likely um, his wife, then. So um, Nora Wexley, maybe. Yeah, could be. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, and that makes me think like Snap does die in this scene. Yes. I'm like, where and, are those Lando, reaction shots? Also, Lando name checks him, or is it? I can't remember. Someone in here specifically refers to to Wedge as uh, Snap's stepfather. Yeah, <laughs> which yeah. made it really because I remember saying <laughs> I'm like, no, like there's no moment in the film where like, yeah, your stepson died five minutes ago, but it's cool. Yeah, but hey, we won. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, we get so, uh, Phantom Squadron. We get Ghost. Ghost yeah. calls in. Definitely. And I don't know if you caught this in your rewatch, but I definitely, you very, very clearly see the ghost land yeah. in eight in Kloss after the battle. Yeah. Um, so, so, um, so it, it, Ghost, I think, is piloted not by Hera Syndulla, but by her son, Jason Syndulla. But it could still be Hera, potentially. I think it makes sense with timing. I think that would make sense that he she would have at some point in the past 35 years, right? Handed it off to her son. Yeah, I like to think that. Um, could that I would love some more backstory there. Yeah. Um, we get a random one, Anodyne 2 standing by. Yeah. I think that's that's a red heron there. Um, that's yep. a shaggy dog. It's it's doesn't it's just a random reference that we haven't heard yet. 
Yep. And oh. publishing is way out there. So that may be referring to something that is more meaningful a year from mm. now when other comics and books come out. I have a feeling with some of these things, they might be f- future references. But yeah. We'll speaking of future references, yes. we have an Alphabet 2 drop. And so we know that's from Alphabet Squadron, which is a fantastic book. Um, we just spent uh, 30 minutes off air trying to figure out who <laughs> Alphabet 2 was uh, with that. Um, good results, but we know. I, it's I think like we're at least deeper. now fairly positive we don't know, <laughs> and it's an <laughs> unknowable at this point. Because I think it's something that yeah. hasn't been confirmed, like hasn't been configured yet. Because I feel like yeah. there's two more novels we are supposed to get from the Alphabet, Alphabet Squadron so series. The sequel, Shadowfall, is coming out in a couple of months. So I wonder if they get call signs there. Uh, I literally yeah. searched through my entire ebook and looked up every every mention of the word two and there's only one there's only one call sign reference but that's to the bad guys and i feel like the other reason they do this is because they knew that is because they don't want to they don't want to you know hamstring the author into forcing them to keep a character alive for this reference i think that's kind of why they did it but uh it's still a nice little mention yeah totally you know you know what I think Anodyne is, guys? I think um, that ship that the Supremacy destroys in The Last Jedi that's like one of those fleeing Republic yeah. cruisers, it blows up and the captain's like, you know, uh, Godspeed. No, he doesn't. I don't know if he says Godspeed yeah. Rebels, but he, he says something like that, though. Something oh, to that. Like yeah. back. And, and he yeah. dies. And I think Anodyne, too, is this kind of beautiful, like, you know, tribute to the, the Anodyne that blew up and now it's on the attack. You know, I think that's right. this full circle yeah. type thing. Oh. Very cool. Um, we have Zay Versio. So for Battlefront fans, the uh, single player mission introduces you to Aiden Versio. And uh, she and another mention, member of the squad that is uh, escaping me have a daughter. Um, and her name is Zay Versio. And we see some of her exploits in that game as well with uh, Shriv. Uh, so she's calling in with Inferno Squad. So Shriv might be out there too. Yeah. And then... Um, resistance recap right here <laughs> yeah uh, a little mini resistance, resistance recap <laughs> we get a fireball a fireball reference yeah uh and it, it, so it's a uh, fireball here ever hi everyone kaz being a <laughs> nerd and then uh, we get a quick cut the chatter kaz a deep voice responded um so that could only be jared yeager also of uh of the resistance yeah yeah, it's nice. I, I kind of we had talked about for a long time whether or not we were going to see any of the resistance people in in the sh- in the movie. And, and I, you know, I'm guessing they are there <laughs> and that giant yeah. fleet can probably, you know, zoom in and find it. But it is nice to get a specific momentary brief reference in the movie. Like, it's nice to just. Yeah. Get that. And, and I feel like uh, the actor, the voice actor for Kaz looks enough like Kaz that. You yeah. probably could have. Yeah, I think you could have. Yeah, I think it works perfect with the timing and everything. If you actually have shot a cockpit shot of of the voice actor, I think you I think his name's Christopher Sean. I, I, I totally blanked on him, but now I remembered it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, that's a, yeah. Yeah. I think he I think he would have worked perfectly. I think would have been like, oh, that's Kaz. Like, I think it would have worked great and it would have really given him the spotlight for a second. And I think it would have been really fun and really interesting synergy. And I really want I think I think if you're going to go, if you're going to you know, really try to uh, enmesh, mesh your properties together, your different transmedia uh, storylines together. I think why not go full bore? Like why not have, you know, the voice actor come in in live action, like, and really create these beautiful synergistic 
uh, scenarios. Like, I think that would have been yeah. great. So it, I, I, I would have loved it. Four hour cut. Give us the four hour yeah. cut. It, it would have been nice too, because he is such a cheerleader for that show. He loved being on that show. He loved talking about it. We follow him on Instagram. He is always talking about resistance. He's always chatting it up. And anytime, and, and this is not to brag. I think he's just does this with everyone. Anytime we'd mentioned resistance or uh, on one of our posts, he always liked our post and often would respond with oh. a thanks. Like I'm, you know, I'm sure he oh. does that with everyone, but that shows that's commitment to that role. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If he, if anyone deserved a live action appearance, I think it was him. Uh, and I, I love Kaz as a character and it would have been fun yeah. to see uh, uh, maybe a more grown Kaz too. Like even if you did show him in that moment, maybe he doesn't just interrupt everyone, but he's more poised. You know what I mean? Like a, a kind of a different Kaz than we see. In yeah. The show. He probably had a hard year after last we saw him. Totally. Yeah, it would have been cool yeah. to see a, a different kind of Kaz in that moment. But I love what we got nonetheless. But yeah, really cool. uh, so, we get like a random call in a reporting in from like a Mon Calamari a cruiser. Yeah. I don't think it's Aftab either. I think it's no, just someone else. It's, right. Yeah. It's just a yeah. He's yeah. the Mon here. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a reference to bringing in the uh, what was it the Allegiance comic, right, where we see them yeah. going to Mon Cala and and making sure that they bring them in. Yeah. So you ready for me to end this whole thing on a down note? Not the whole thing, but end this this right now and what we were just talking about in a down note? Sure. Let's go. So, so Ben, I, I am sorry to report that it is now official. Nine numb perished. Did he, though? Yeah. I mean, we <laughs> saw just... his power and plummet into nothing, but I don't know. I feel like Nine Numb could have pulled out of that. I definitely saw him get like a face full of sparks and like fire. But they... <laughs> Poe had lost a lot of friends. He'd known Nine Numb his whole life. Okay. Dun, dun, dun. And I just checked. Wikipedia has updated their, their Nine Numb no. since the publication says, uh, where did it say? Uh, oh, I lost it. And it said he perished. He Maybe said he perished. I lost it. You yeah. lost it. Never happened in Nine I feel like they literally just updated in the last three seconds as I was reading it. <laughs> Anywho, the, that, yeah. the, yeah, reason, anyway. the reason that the reporting in scene isn't as big and as, you know, as uh, meticulous as it is in the novel and showcasing all these different pilots is because it's not really an upbeat for their assault. Like the emperor pretty much just shoots out a, you know, a, a, a pillar of lightning into the sky and drops all their ships like immediately. Like there's no real like upswell and victory in that moment. It's kind of, well, like, some of them make it, you know, it doesn't yeah, kill everybody. Totally. Just nine nub apparently. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the but, one. Uh, oh yeah. But uh, here's yeah, I, I, I know what you mean. I mean, it, it would, it, it all, again, it's for the hardcore. It's like if they're trying yeah. to keep this thing moving along, but still like a roll call, this is where like force ghost roll call. I would be so cool with that. And then, like, yeah. all this random, like, lore, you know, roll call for the diehards like us and our listeners, um, that would be that would be kind of fun. So can we speaking of Jedi roll call, not to skip us ahead, but can we talk about the Jedi roll call thing in this book? Do it. it wasn't because, much. Of no, but there's one very interesting line to me. Oh, Presence filled her awareness, some recent, some ancient some still attached to the living in a strange way. Oh, I didn't miss that line. What does that line mean? Does that mean uh, Ahsoka so still alive? Ahsoka lives. <laughs> yeah, Ahsoka lives, Ahsoka yeah. Lives. That's totally what that means. 
That's don't you dare assume anything about Ahsoka. That's what that is. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. I'm sure. I'm sure. I have no, a feeling. No, Filoni no. called up <laughs> Ray Carson and said, uh, "Can you add something way, to that?" Yeah. yeah. So Ahsoka's yeah. Be alive. Some of so those as, nitp- as nitpicky as some fans are about canon, I mean, internally, it seems to be a very meticulous process of going through and making sure everything it is has to be. For. It has to totally, be. Totally. Netflix yeah. would be, so, you know, kind of lame. Like they've just got, yeah. I mean, they're keeping it as ambiguous as possible and they're doing a good job of that, but they're definitely dotting all their I's and crossing all their T's. Um, which is super great. There was one little line that didn't make it to the film um, from Lando that I, I, I don't think, I don't think it made it to the film, but he goes finger to trigger Chewie. Just like no, start yeah, blasting people, and I, I don't yeah, know. I just I think that line. That's a great line. Um, yeah. So then, yeah, we're so now we're in the you know the ceremony, um, and there's a lot of interesting things there. But so, <laughs> guys, guys, Wicket and Wicket's son. Oh, uh, skip it ahead to that. <laughs> <laughs> that's very no. Much we, we, we won't skip ahead to that. Where were you going, Ben? Sorry. I don't know. I mean, so maybe we could go. Uh, and I don't think I don't think I highlighted it here, but um, so we we find out that our good friend Captain Sob- Sobron uh, mm-hmm. was like one of the first like starships to get blown up, or first star destroyers yeah. to get blown up, <laughs> and um, and then you, we get the point of view of a Legion General Pride and being like, it's cool, she was expendable, that's why we sent her out in the first place. <laughs> what a weird little like. What a weird little mini story in this whole thing. It's yeah. like it's like two paragraphs of this person's life. I think I, I know I'm important. I'm the best thing ever. And then dies and goes, eh, expendable. Nothing. They're like, yeah, nothing. she was nothing. And it was good thing she wasn't one of the important Star Destroyers. Non-essential. Yeah. This is what it's like to live in yeah. a, you know, autocracy. I mean, it's also interesting, too, because they kind of bring forward what we see a little bit in the film that that pride was clearly more of a disciple of Palpatine than he was of Ren. And it seems oh, like true. he had been in communication with him throughout some of this too, it seemed like. So Yeah, yeah. They 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 mentioned, you know, when he went into like he has a secret chamber where he like painstakingly scrubs all the hollow recordings um so that it didn't happen. But he's been speak in direct contact with Palpatine. Yeah. Um and then he's brought in. It's actually kind of interesting. So uh, they give a lot more detail as far as like the launch coordinates and the protocol and how they're, you know, how difficult it is to leave the atmosphere. Like even when you're in Atmo in Exegol, it's a nightmare. There's, you know, and, and everywhere around it. So just like flying in general. So they, they really played up. It's like, no, nope, you need these nav designs. And they talk about how pride had already, you know, um, retrofitted his star destroyer so that it could be used as a, a navigational tool. Um, ahead of time and you know they play coy with it earlier on and then he's like oh this is exactly what it's there for i'm gonna guide everyone out of the you know out of x goal um so that that was kind of interesting yeah pride was pride yeah, yeah. was a cool character um, yeah. both, we, i think we get his first name like enric i think his first name is hmm. sure enric, i'd uh, buy it yeah. sure sounds right um any, you guys want to jump back into uh the inner sanctum of uh, the sure. the Tet. <laughs> no, that yeah. like, giant giant geometric temple. Yeah. Um, sure. wh- where do you want to start? I mean, it, for me, it's all the the final battle there. It's sort of what's going on in her head when she's you know 
astral projecting and gaining all their their voices and then ultimately the the true death of uh darth sidious and how they they described that right i think yeah. we talked about that i mean do you mm-hmm. guys want to do you guys have anything further to say about that the falling down the shaft and uh transferring his essence to these kind of corpses <laughs> these kind of no i, I mean more his like i mean more his real end so like you know ray first of all more oh, right, yeah. fast but gentle um time and energy you know she she gets all that and now i'm like uh okay and i'm trying to find oh no wicket okay um well there was um there was the line where they they finally destroy where she finally destroys um Sidious and, yeah, and the, so it's like yeah. how he reflects it back at her and the lightning began to feed back on the Empire it ravaged his face and he tossed back his head in agony and in denial of what was happening yeah um, his own power uh, reflected against him it devoured him completely ripping away his newly healed fingers searing away the skin of his face his very bones until he disintegrated so yeah and then the next line to double down on that and like collapsing stardust, what remained of him coalesced into a single point, which then exploded with a massive shockwave. <laughs> like he's, yeah. it should just be like he dead, he real dead, <laughs> he real dead. Yeah, because they needed to, they needed to ultimately kill this guy. Yeah. And so, I mean, and we know like his energy expanded, but it like destroyed well, pretty much the all the Sith in that room. And yeah, yeah. And there's even a line where, at skipping ahead, we'll come back around to wicket in a second but where like poe actually states what everyone in the theater was probably yeah, thinking like, of is like is he dead why can't he come back yeah. right. <laughs> and we get a very whatever answer to that question <laughs> it's just fine right. moving on uh but yeah wicket that this wicket moment i oh, cried man. Real bad. Yeah, it was tough. Really? I, yeah, I don't know why it really hit me hard. It, it got me as well, and I think it's yeah. just because I think he says, you know, that was our friend, that was the Princess Leia. Like I, I there, yeah. it was just super touching that they see it's it, it again another kind of Leia moment because uh, Wicket yeah. was the closest yeah. to her, and it was I don't know, it was just really touching. It was it's kind very of, touching, uh, and it also moment. ends. Ends in a fun joke with C-3PO. Yeah, uh, Wicked not. C-3PO, yeah. he agreed. He had no yeah, doubt yeah. the golden godlike one yeah. was responsible for yet another deliverance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty great. Yeah. That, that feels like Terrio to me because he was such a Return of the oh, Jedi yeah. fan. Totally. Like, he was like, oh, no, we're bringing some Wicked into here and we're, we're doing it. I, again, you know, as far as, like, curtain calls go, I, I, I wouldn't have hated another, like, um, Revenge of the Sith ending, or I'm sorry, Return of the Jedi Return ending, Jedi. where they, uh, where they, you know, go through all the like systems and have them bringing down Star Destroyers, yeah. and like I, I could use that again. Like I want to see Naboo again, Coruscant. What is like all these planets doing? I, I don't know. It, I felt the same way. I'm kind of like either do it or don't. In this weird like half step where we see, we Just see Bespin and Bespin and or and and um, uh, Jakku. Was it Jakku? Did we see Jakku? Yeah. Yeah. Because oh, we see right. another store, Star Destroyer coming down near the store, Star Destroyer that Ray was scal- scavenging in. So it's just weird to do those three. I'm like, why those three? Like, like, right. like I still to this why day don't really get it. One from each trilogy, right? Like, yeah. Let's do yeah. Naboo and Bespin and Jakku. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. I, I, or Coruscant and Bespin and Jakku or, and, or Endor or something, you know? 
Yeah, or Mustafar. Yeah. Like they're cheering yeah. on Mustafar. Like I, I don't know. That, that Who's left been... to cheer? Didn't Kylo kill them all? <laughs> Not everybody. They decimated yeah. them. Everybody. So they're still. They're That's still true. There's ninety percent of them left. <laughs> See the um, one-eyed Kaboo or whatever that guy's name was being like yeah. awesome. Glad that we're the out. eye of the we- webish bog. I think you mean. Thank you. Yeah, the eye of the webish yeah. bog. They're high five each other. They're like high five. He's high fiving the baby, the spider. <laughs> That'd be super great. It just emerges out of the water just to watch a star destroyer crash and then submerge. Submerge. Yeah, and high five <laughs> and then submerge. <laughs> um, and then the last note I have, which we already talked about, but it's during the 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 Finn Ray Poe embrace. There's dialogue that we don't get in the movie, which is you know Finn says Ray, I've been meaning to tell you. And Ray says, I know, she said, thinking of the way his presence had become so bright in her mind. We all know, Poe said. Oh, yeah. Which is nice. No No secrets. I like it, but I kind of love the embrace we get on screen with no dialogue. Like, that, to me, still gets me. I love that. I get what they're doing. I get it. I love it in the book, but I like what we got in the movie. It was just no dialogue. Yeah. That was very cool. Um there was also so there's the Lando line finally. So he's this is yep. his journal monologue talking to uh, Zana, um, Jana. Sorry, I'll always get those two confused. Uh, yeah. Lando and Lady Luck would help these special kids. Lady Luck also. Do we know? Have we seen that starship? I feel like it's somewhere. Yeah, but, it sounds uh, really familiar. I mean, it's yeah, and that's probably by design. Um, uh, La- Lando and Lady Luck would help these special kids find their families if that's what they if that's what they wanted. Help them discover their place in the new galaxy. Heck, maybe he'd find his daughter. Probably not. He knew the odds. Never tell me the odds. He's sitting next to her. Yada, yada. That's great. Last time we saw it was in Last Shot. It was in Last Shot. So it's what he was riding around in in the the part of Last Shot that took place post-episode six. Nice. Okay, great. So there it is. Um, I will have speedy Googling. (laughs) nice um cool yeah um yeah so then i've got a couple other like final quotes uh the family she'd been seeking had been ahead of her the whole time and she wouldn't change a thing um that's sort of that that echoes back to what mas canada told her in um seven it's like what you're seeking is not in the past it's in the future Um, yeah and that so that that was a nice tone poem there um then the the lightsaber, the final result felt like the exact inverse of the lightsaber mm-hmm. she held, a uh, lightsaber held by Dark Ray in her vision, and she loved it, which is a cool thing. I, I you know, I, I definitely would have liked the the. I, I actually probably my least favorite lightsaber design is Ray's, but I'm glad she likes it. <laughs> it looks like <laughs> clunky and like bad and like whatever. But hey, if yeah. uh, I, 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 I does look like, it does look like it was forged in Mordor to a degree, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> like dark metal like this this kind of no i love it how elegant leia and luke's lightsabers are like why wouldn't it like echo that and like be be beautiful i'll give you the argument why because it's put together by a scavenger okay okay um it's right right right. but but here's the other thing because i don't disagree with you (laughs) because I love the idea of it. I don't know if I love the execution of it. Does that make sense? Like, I love it in yeah. concept, but when I see that kind of like, oh, ah, it's not doing it for me for whatever reason. So, yeah. No, it like it looks. I want to love it. Kinda, I, I loved the ignition trigger that was like this yeah. like, thing turn that was really cool. 
but it just looks clunky and uncomfortable in someone's hand. Yeah. And I could have called back to that staff in a different way. And yeah, I mean, I was really feeling like, why isn't his staff? This the novelization really explained that quite well. But yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, Again, yeah. I never understand why people ignite the saber in certain moments. I'm like. Oh, well, yeah, I know. Like, but like, does it need to happen? Like, I am just so if I had a lightsaber, I'd be igniting it 25 times. All right, a day. All right. All right. I guess that's <laughs> but it's would be awesome. No, no, no. Like I so I I as much as I just watched Solo and my least favorite moment in all of Solo is <laughs> Darth Maul popping up. And my least favorite moment of that entire thing is Darth Maul inciting exciting his lightsaber. Uh, his lightsaber for no, reason. no reason. No. Reason. However, I'll for give him this. awesome reasons. Well, I'll give him this. He's a bad guy, and he's trying to intimidate Kira, right? Like, this is what I'm going to yep. use on you. So, oh, okay, give it that. He can, he can 100% cut her from, you know, his... No, 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 no. But, like, I'm going to find you and use this on you, basically. Okay, all right. Right. But, but, but like, I still don't like it. However, I understand it. Why is Ray igniting a lightsaber in front of a scavenger? Oh, she doesn't know that woman's there, right? She's not so there she does yet. it before she knows the woman's there. Okay. That seems hilarious because that woman she, I love that the woman asks her name and then Ray Carson writes like, but the the woman did not share her name. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah. The it nameless unknown. woman. Like yeah. yeah. This unknown yeah. woman woman named Cammy, but whatever. Cammy. Moving on. It's Cammy. Oh, I mean, it's Cammy. 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 She's been waiting for Luke for a long time. She keeps yep. checking the homestead every now I, and again. I also do love a couple things in that moment that I just remembered from the novelization is I love her tour of of the yeah. of the Lars homestead. And she feels Anakin's presence. Oh, the cup! There. You get the cup. You get the uh, cup. Yeah, the, the blue milk, milk cup. Yeah, yeah, man, yeah. that was awesome. Inexplicably but, clean. The the blue milk I, uh, cup was there. <laughs> but she also no, no, noticed in the Force that Anakin had shared a meal there as well. Two like, generations nice of Skywalkers. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was a nice little moment. Yeah, that was good. Um, there's also, I mean, a huge moment at the end. So the the when we finally do get force ghosts, um, Luke gave her a gentle nod. It's yours, Ray. She turned back to the traitor woman standing tall. She said, Ray Skywalker. Um, so Luke is like, it's, she's like, I know he's like, use it. You're, you're one of us. Like you are my adopted daughter. You Skywalker, which is, I don't know. That was a cool thing. Yeah, definitely. Or adopted by both of them. Right. Like, both. yeah. I mean, they're both there and whatever. Yeah. 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 Leia, let, let Luke talk for a change. Like, you can try and say something intelligent, Luke, I dare you. <laughs> <laughs> I think we did it, guys. I, we did the I think whole we did. thing. I will that say, was... the book did a great job of making me really want to go and rewatch the movie again, even though I've already watched yeah. it once this week. All right. Final thoughts. Uh, I would have loved for a really interesting castle siege of the Knights of Ren, getting the castle, mm. uh, Eye of the Webbish Bog that what i talked about before would have loved chewy to stay in would have loved for a giant wave to have hit freaking rays like uh skiff and her to go underwater and get into the death star and have a little bit more of the escalating the death star getting up into the higher you know uh, compartments yeah and, and, yeah. and so and, yeah. to tie in the um art of yeah. there was a lot That's of it. underwater ray and that yeah. that wasn't mm-hmm. used and yeah. and actually they mentioned that they um they rented the largest like water tank yeah. um, studio they had in Pinewood yeah. that, um, and so like they could have, they could have done it. It sounds like they yeah, that, wanted to. That's, maybe, that maybe sort of did. underwater photography is a huge I pain. Think. I know you got to block that out in your production schedules and it's insane to do that sort of stuff. I know it's really right. demanding, but, but 
but man, would that would have that would have been interesting to pat out that scene a little bit, give her a little bit more time to get up into the the, the higher reaches of the the Death Star wreckage. Uh, I, I think that would have been really fun. Yeah, I bet you it's shot. I bet it's all there. I really think this. I really think this movie existed as a three hour movie or more yeah. at first, and they just cut it and cut it and cut it. But if how beautiful not, would it just be? Shoot it now. They should do reshoots and do like an extended version. Like whatever. It, Lucas did that. You know, he did the special editions. Let's get a special edition of this thing. Yeah, it's also kind of like philosophical great... to get like annihilated by a wave. You know what I mean? Like that is there's something interesting about the sea and the ocean not caring. Yeah. yeah. Either you get a couple of motion. Uh, you know, she's like these waves are as high. You know, high as skyscrapers. Yeah. And, you know, and you get some of that where she's like, oh, I'm going to die, I'm going to die, I'm going to die. And then, like, sort yeah. of makes it the crest of the wave. And um, there's you know, the New Englander oh. in me did appreciate the moment when she was trying to figure out that you actually steer into the wave. Yes. yes. <laughs> like, like I, the New Englander in me is just like, Ray, you got to turn. You got to you gotta go through it. <laughs> You're going to flip. You're going to flip. Yeah. Um, what else um, we got here? Uh, well, yeah, Kyle, I want- obviously, Kyle and Captain Chewie really wanted that in the film, but. Yeah, yeah, I really want I really want um, Lando's uh, foraging through the through the Falcon scene. Oh, yeah, I honestly well, thought we were getting an L three moment too when he walked in the cockpit. I was waiting oh, for that. Totally. Oh, that would've, yeah, that would have been a beautiful. Just like touch the touch it and say hi, like hi, old girl. Yeah, L three like that. Yeah, yeah. Boom. And have to like beat back or something. Yeah, violently or blow a yeah. socket or yeah. something. Yeah. Um, or the or the been... ships. Or the, yeah, he needs, you know, help in a dire situation and the Falcon, you know, comes through. I don't through, know. Navigating through the, what's it called again? The, 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 the blood net. Butter, the blood net, right? Last time also known she as helped. Reddit. The last time she, <laughs> the last time she helped the Falcon, he was in the Falcon with her to navigate through the Maelstrom, right? That would have been an interesting yeah, right. quick scene. But yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, all things would be super fun to see. Sure. What about um, the art of any more um, miscellany that you wanted to talk to about that? Um, I mean, for me, it was a, like, so obviously they, they didn't talk about Exegol or no. yeah. very little about Exegol very, and nothing about the Emperor, which is that's standard operating. And actually, so that the art of starts with the spoilers from The Force Awakens. Um, I mean, I'm right. sorry. Last Jedi, uh, because they couldn't put it in the last book, and they're not going to do it here. But it just seems like, well, this is the last book. Why don't we? Just... <laughs> yeah, where's that going to go? And it, it came out months after it was supposed to come out, so um, it would have been nice to see some of that. Yeah. Uh, any other like the? I don't know. the The art was beautiful. I'm trying to think of um, designs that like. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't want to criticize them like missed opportunity, but like, you know, some stuff that that I would have loved to see. There's a lot of things that like I saw that I'm like, this is beautiful and I wish would happen. Um, but I, I could see how it wouldn't make sense to the story. It's, it seems like it was kind of wild. Like they were they really started from really broad cloth with this and like, oh, we think we'll do this. So plan the scene and we think we might do this. Yeah. One of them that, that comes to mind is um, I think they were going to use Coruscant instead of Exegol or something. Um, but there was something that took Kylo Ren to, uh, to Coruscant and he goes there and it's abandoned, which is like, that's amazing. If it goes to like the super urban center to like abandoned and it's overrun yeah. with, like uh, space wolves. These It's essentially like, um, you know, Game of Thrones uh, dire wolves with red eyes and like, yeah. They're massive, and um, and he has to sort of fight his way through the flora and fauna that's taken over this 
you know, cityscape. Uh, that that's a really striking image that would have been amazing to see. Yeah, uh, you know, I noticed. Yeah, it's really interesting, like how much was so clearly thought out, and other things were kind of like just draw this and we'll get there. And like, yeah, I, I've you know we we've determined that I'm not the biggest fan of Dio, though I've made my peace with Dio, and now I'm kind mm. of mostly pro Dio. Did you read the backstory about Dio, like who Dio is? No, but I, I read, I looked through, I'll let you say that in a second. I, I looked through the concept art of like, they really had no idea what they wanted to do with Dio. Like there's so many versions of him, but there's one in particular stat to me where they're trying to make him look like a rubber ducky. Yes. And I'm like, that was the first oh, incarnation. man, we could have gotten it. I could have been so much less on <laughs> Dio. Like God, some of these, I'm some a of big these... fan of Dio. I think Dio is one of most interesting characters to oh, come out of it. Just so, fun characters to come out of the, the film. He's one of my favorites. I mean, so, yeah, his first thing was they were like, they wanted um, him to be in the floor of um, Babu, Babu Frick's workshop. And so he was, that was, so BB-8 was just going to casually reawaken this droid and it would be like a, a duckling. It would imprint on BB-8 the first thing he sees and be like, you're my mom and follow him around. Um, that they, they didn't end up doing that. I, I actually like what they did there. Yeah, but so I like Chris, the abused droid. Right. So Brain that was Chris Terrio. Chris Terrio said like he based um, Dio after his dog George. He has two jo- dogs. I think it's George and Charles. And so Charles is fine. Charles has always been a house pet. He's great and like happy and all that. But they rescued um, George. And George was an abused animal. And he's like, when I went to find him, he had been outside in the rain all night and he had never known kindness, like never known kindness. He didn't even know what to do with kindness. Mm. And um, and so he, you know, but he brought him in and like he loved Charles. George loved Charles and would just mm. follow Charles around and take all his signals and do all those things and would just be grateful. And like and, and so they they named I mean, come on. And it was like an Arkansas Rex rescue. I've got an Arkansas rescue grumbling over hearing too much about star wars right now behind me um but uh but i I don't know that that's it always reminded me of my dog just sort of like you know like oh like so grateful for kindness when when they get it and uh, i i I love the i love the voice animation but hey if you hate abused dogs no no no. (laughs) that's super hey now i have i have i have a alabama rescue dog uh so but hearing that story now, I was like, oh, man, I think I like Dio now. God, yeah, you know what? Gosh <laughs> so darn. darn. I think it maker. won. Fine. I'll get it on the freaking train. Dio's great. Yeah. I really just don't like one line. And I've I've learned to just let that go. Because I, like like we talked about a couple That's weeks a ago. Problem, like, I'm just no, saying. it is. It, no, it absolutely is me. Like, it's the same thing with the Porgs. Like, I love the Porgs, and I feel like it goes one joke too far. And That's so I'm hilarious. To... I don't like the Porgs, but I love Dio. I don't know. Like, we all and, are on different ends of the spectrum here. It's but weird. I'm, I'm making my peace with Dio because I really like a lot of what they do with Dio. I like that story. I like that abused droid like learning kindness seeing kindness for the first time storyline and if he just didn't say things like sad and i miss her i'm fine but i did but but then again like the no thank you line is one of my favorite things like the no thank you thing is amazing but like yeah yeah. and around the um the uh horses they're not horses they're I forget the name uh, of the obex or objects or something like that or yeah orbex 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 yeah, or there bombs. we go. We uh, got there, guys. 
um that was uh that was a cute scene too yeah that was so i'm like i'm just doing what i always do i'm focusing on the parts i love and ignoring the stuff that doesn't quite connect and i'm i'm coming back around on Dio. right terio even didn't really love the design at first because it didn't have um eyes that were like sympathetic mm-hmm. eyes it just has like slits and um but then he was like oh then i once i saw it happen he was like that was that was pretty cool yeah once we made it completely you know all text no subtext it's great yeah i kind of like the, the the beeping and the the, the kind of uh whirring and chortling that he was doing on the stage at star wars celebration when they gave it a human when they gave mm-hmm. it jj his voice i was like oh it's Interesting. Wait, I always liked the strange whistling and beeping it was doing at yeah. that stage because I, re- I, I that was kind of the deal I fell in love with. Yeah. But um, I'm I'm fine with what they did as well. That's fine. Yeah, sure. Did they also, since we're gonna go deep dive into Dio at the end of this, like five <laughs> for, for whatever reason, everything we could talk reason. about in Rise of Skywalker seven hours later. Like so Dio. Dio, right? But they they uh, they mentioned that they wanted him to be a technological uh, technological era post R two D two but mm-hmm. pre bb 8 so it would make sense that actually he would beep and blur yeah. but you could see a sort of thing there like can we just give these astromechs like vocoder like something to like speak basic but they were like well no but we can do this half step like thing. i don't know it, it wasn't I, I thought it added to it it was sort of an interest like you know, a concept a that fun... lived and died yeah. slowly you know i That's don't mind really how he idea. speaks yeah uh, i was just thinking it would be fun to do something where like if you did if you the one gag that they never did in the entire Skywalker trilogy was give R2 a voice for like a second. It would have been fun if they like instead of C3PO being the catalyst <laughs> for the final journey that like maybe they, like, you have to like plug R2 into C3PO so R2 can speak in basic for a minute just to like understand what I guess information he holds. And that oh. way you get a little bit of R2 for a second coming through C3. Like that would have been a really fun thing to do. He's cursing yes. the whole time. I, I was gonna say <laughs> that, but then you would have yeah, an R-rated Star Wars. Listen, yeah, yeah. A clowns. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. yeah, in my head canon, he's always swearing. So yeah. it's like, hey, butt hats. This is where yeah. uh, what this spy told us. Um, but All no, right. it never it never bothered me that Dio spoke or the way he speaks. It's just the things he says sometimes. But I like. I think that makes sense. That kind of half step. I like that, and I love the. I love the skipping of his voice. I think that's real a real fun thing. Like, yeah. no, no, thank you. Like, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of neat. Right. Yeah. So the real hero of this whole trilogy of trilogies is Dio. We have a. Good <sighs> Uh well so we made it um I'm sure we'll never talk about this movie again it'll probably nope, that's, that's it. probably it we've covered it all now yeah um I don't know what we're gonna talk about next week uh we're probably gonna catch up on some comics and some um uh, Clone no, Wars no, which no, came no. out today Marvel, Marvel just paused <laughs> no, no, no comics Marvel just paused all production of comics oh, this pretty, month. pretty yeah, worrisome this yeah. Month. yeah yeah why was that well, well never mind it probably it's not, all the distributors shut down. Ben just asked, he's like, oh, oh, no, Adam's going to tell him for 15 minutes what happened. <laughs> I take it back. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell the story yeah. next week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's some sort it's, of it's, anomaly in the galaxy. They're yada, doing yada. it actually really quickly. They're doing it uh, to try, I think, try to try to protect brick and mortar comic shops, which I actually was shocked yeah. that they did. So, wow. Yeah. What a world. Yeah. What a world. Um regardless we will be back again uh next week talking about star wars um we have a queue of a lot of exciting things we want to um dig into and um i hope we do um there might be multiple episodes who knows um it's a brave new galaxy and uh 
we're here to talk about Star Wars, which is the least important thing in your world. Uh, so great. And uh, so, yeah, good job. Uh, thanks. Uh, heartfelt thanks again for listening and may the force be with you. This is Grex Kondak signing off. For the latest breaking news, follow at Coreworld News on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you and good night. Remember, the force will be with you always. <laughs> <laughs>